two middle-aged dads who are evolving. Well, mostly evolved. Discussing the world around them. Occasionally funny. Always idiotic. They know how to use a glass, but why? When you can just drink from the carton. This is the Drink from the Carton Podcast. Man is laying on his deathbed. There are four things that go through his mind. Was I well loved? Check. Did I express myself? Did I let my light shine through? Check. Will an attractive woman cry at my funeral? Check. Probably more than one. Check, 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 check. Lastly, did I achieve success and own real estate? And when I close on this condo, I will be able to check that one as well. Oh, it's always good to start with words of wisdom from one Michael Scott, because he's about as brilliant as they come, I think, probably. Uh, Poet, philosopher, obviously. Yeah, Yeah, Michael Scott, one of the geniuses. Uh, Welcome to the fifth episode of Drink from the Carton. My name is Paul Fletcher. I am in the Twin Cities. My name is Nick in New York. I am in New York. That's just so logical. It's just so easy. It's, It's linear. Oh, dude, it's been too long since we've done this. It ha- Well, you've been a very busy uh, young man. We both have been. Couple, yeah, yeah, that's we, true. We both have been very busy. You've been traveling. I've been doing what I do, trying yeah. not to pull my hair out and kill my daughter. Uh, that's yeah. that's what's been going on lately. That's a noble effort. Yeah, it's... Uh, Infanticide, yeah. I believe they call it, is uh, is never never a positive thing. So I'm down with that. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a struggle the last week or two, last couple of weeks. The terrible twos have definitely kicked in, and Ooh. yeah, and it's 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 one of those situations where it doesn't necessarily make you angry. I mean, it does at times, but it's not so much about the anger. So it's more just about understanding why it's happening and why she's behaving the way she is. Um, it's gotten to be no fun to go anywhere. Okay. Uh, it's just, oh, dude, just whatever. I'm gonna tell you that's gonna get worse before it gets better. Just FYI. Fantastic! That's mm-hmm. so great to hear. Because not to not to scare you or oh, to God. encourage you to leave her on the side of the road, but uh, in our experience with my two daughters, the threes were worse than the twos. Well, but I mean, we are coming. I mean, she's three in October, so we're getting close to three. Mm-hmm. Don't say I didn't warn you. Oh, that's so wonderful to hear. Thanks for that. Thanks You're for welcome. Ki- I'm so glad to get back to this. Mr. Helpful, that's me. Love my escape from reality, and then you bring me back to reality. It's fantastic. Also, just uh, before we get into uh, the stuff we actually want to discuss today, I have one other comment I just wanted to make. Uh, We don't need to go deep into it. I just wanted to say that Special Agent Oso is an asshole. That's all. (laughs) You know, he's the biggest idiot on the history of Disney Junior. I would love to, in a former episode, in a former, in a future episode, break down kids. TV shows from a, from the dad perspective. I think we should absolutely 100 percent do that. All right, since you're a fantastic note taker and you're kind of I the you're done. kind of yeah you're kind of the uh, what are you? You're the um, you're the filing cabinet for this here bit. Filing cabinet? Are you yeah. saying I'm fat? Um, no, boxy maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, special agent also is a jackass. Anyway, so um um um, how are things with you? I just went on my little tirade. How about you? You good? You know what? All in all, pretty good. Had a, and uh, I don't mean to do this to you, but you asked. So had a death in the family a couple mm. weeks back. Uh, that sort of sucked, and yeah. um, we're still getting through that. But all otherwise, it is not raining right now, so that is a win for our climate the last couple of weeks. Um, who passed? We should get a name. That way, we can uh, pay respect properly. Uh, my wife's grandmother, ninety-four, almost ninety-five-year-old Phyllis, uh, oh, known tough. to her friends as Foofsy. Foofsie. Foofsie, yeah. Was a absolute piece of work, rock star. I'm going to say badass because she pretty much was. I mean, yeah. she 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 actually rode with me on my scooter about a month before she died. And I'm talking about my, my little Vespa scooter, not like a uh, not like a Razor scooter. Yeah, I, I still can't believe you have a scooter. But, um, but that's fantastic that she did that. She sounds like my grandmother who was uh, – she was golfing and playing Ooh. and bowling – and and shoveling her own driveway up until like ninety three in the last couple of years that hasn't happened so that's, much but yeah so yeah. that's outstanding yeah rock star isms uh, all right well uh, rest in peace to Fo- Foofy 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 
Poofsy. Well, yeah. rest in peace to her. I mean, hopefully she had a long, it sounds like she had a long, awesome life. And yeah, uh, that's sure. all you can ask for, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, where would you like to start? We've got three topics that we want to dive into. And of course, right smack dab in the middle of it all, we will play Winery or Old Folks Home, our favorite, favorite, favorite game in the whole wide world. Um, but where would you like to start? Let's start with meat. Oh, yes. You love meat. I love You meat on the meat. grill. I do. Oh, you- I thought you meant. Oh, no, not sweater meat. <laughs> there's sweater uh, meat and then there's um, underpants meat. You know, there's all kinds of meat. Uh, I actually have two racks of baby back ribs in my smoker as we speak. You, Sometimes I feel like so much more of a man than you. And then other times I really don't. And this is one of those times I really don't feel like more of a man than you. I don't uh, even know how to smoke meat. So obviously you're also a carnivore, as am I. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Duh. Okay, so listen, I'm not I don't want to get into the politics of it or whatever, but I will just say that the reason I eat meat is because God gave me teeth. <laughs> okay? Yeah. So if you don't want to eat meat, that's your choice, that's your call, fine, whatever. More meat for me. But I will say that I when I draw the line at tolerance when people who are like, "Well, we're not supposed to eat meat." Right. And I'm like, no, you're wrong, because otherwise, why would we have teeth? Right. You don't need teeth to masticate plants. No, you, you don't. You don't, actually. So that, that's, that's as fired up, no pun intended, as I get on the grilling topic. But now, are you a, are you a, you're, you like to, are you a charcoal? Are you, what's your, what's your heat source where you grow? I'm you- generally, uh, uh, what is it? Um, no, not low and slow. Let the, I'm more like the fa- fast and furious. Um, okay. just like, cause I almost never have time. Um, so it's just propane gas and, uh, yeah. you know, occasionally I have a nice big, deep saucepan. So I will do, uh, burgers and steaks sometimes in that on the stovetop, which is, nice. uh, can be phenomenal. Yes. Um, you know, cause then you just, oh God, you get it so hot and just sear the crap out of it, put oil in there and, oh, um, right. yeah, a filet mignon in there is, uh, that's the way to do it. But, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's typically my style Um, it's funny that you bring this up because I am flirting hardcore with uh, i've just been given wind uh, i've just been i've just caught wind in, within the last month or so of the weber genesis grill oh. you know about the weber genesis uh, i don't think so it's prop- enlighten me it's propane but it's supposed to be like having a charcoal weber essentially um really? and the best part of it all is it has a searing station in the middle where it gets up to oh. approximately 850 degrees um, so you can sear minute, sear a minute, and then turn that station off. Have the outside burners going crazy, and then cook that thing slowly over uh, over indirect heat, and just making it juicy as all get out. Oh my God! There it is, the Genesis uh, E330. I have a food boner right now. I'm not gonna lie to you. Just With thinking about the that sear station. It's called a sear station. Yeah. What's that baby uh, retail for? Eight fifty. Yep. Yeah. That's why I don't have one just yet. <laughs> Holy crap! Uh, do you have this? Is a bit. Uh, uh, speaking of Weber, does does the Twin Cities have one of those Weber Grill restaurants? No, uh, I've eaten it one lifetime, and it was in Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, it was pretty damn good. I mean, it was grilled everything, but it was great. Wow! Yeah, yeah. that does sound delightful. In any event, um, grilling is good, and yeah. I I actually do you grill year round. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. I get a little lazier in the uh, the winter, and that's kind of sometimes where my uh, my stove topping that's where the saucepan comes in handy, just because mm. you know when it's when it's balls cold out, it's just I don't mm. feel like doing it. But it as long as it's kind of warm ish and not like just as long as it's not you know as long as I'm not going to get frostbite while grilling, I'm generally in. <laughs> I'm not you well, know I just I don't you know what I mean. It's like I don't need to. I don't need to like you know uh, complete an episode of Survivor to get a steak done. You know what I mean? Like that's just not that's that's not uh, that takes the fun out of it for me. But uh, generally speaking, yeah, it, it does never really get. It, there's always time for grilling, and uh, but I do enjoy the saucepan bit on the stovetop from time to time. You know, you like put it in the saucepan, hot as hell, sear the sm- the crap out of it, and then sometimes I'll back off the heat and finish it there or I'll throw it in the oven that works. Throw in the oven. Yeah, finish the oven finish is a good strong move. Uh I would just say just to jump back for a second that uh uh your um uh drawing the line at at frostbite cold is probably a pretty good rule for any activity. Yeah. Yeah, even right? sex, I think probably. Oh, <laughs> definitely because yes. 
Uh, no, anyway, uh, no, grilling <laughs> is a wonderful thing. I grill all year round as well. Um, but smoking has really been the thing that's been my little uh, hobby the last about three or four years, and I just absolutely love it. Tell me why absolutely. I need to get a smoker. Uh, because if nothing else, the end result is the same as a good grill session, but the in the inter- in the interim, uh, it's five or six hours of drinking beer and sitting outside by the smoker because you got to tend to the fire, make sure that the temperature is right and that there's enough wood in there and whatever for the smoking part. It's a great, great way to spend a summer day. Um, and what do you typically do in there? Because I'm not a huge ribs guy. I mean, it's, oh, I mean, you can do brother. a roast or something like that. But I'm, I, I mean, I don't mind ribs, but they're not my favorite. Not my first Pol- choice. Poultry, phenomenal in the smoker. Chicken, yeah, chicken. Uh, I've done steaks. Turkeys. I've done uh, shrimp. Uh, anything with bacon is fantastic in the smoker. I've done oh, vegetables. Wow. All right. Uh, salmon, of course, salmon is tr- is tremendous smoked. Um, yeah. Really, just about anything. Now, what I would like to try is Cheerios? jerk jerky. Although I will say that my favorite thing uh, so far that, that I was like, huh, that worked out better than I thought. Uh, I did a uh, smoked mac and cheese with spicy Italian sausage in it. Wow. Yeah, talk about food boner. You're like a you're a pimp. You're a smoker pimp. I love it. It's good times. <coughs> I wonder if waffles would be good in the smoker. Oh. Smoke, uh, think I think you'd that. have to cook them first. Smoked waffles. Sounds kind of good, to be honest. Sounds kind of smoking good. Dude, yeah. there's, no, there's no rule. You know what I mean? Like, just think no. about that. Think of a smoked waffle with butter and, and good maple syrup on top of it. That would actually be kind of good. In fact, is Random it Outback's slogan, no rules, just right? I don't know. That would inc- I think that would is. require me to pay attention to anything that Outback does. That's the I'm most, just saying. That's just I, disgusting. I think you, you touched on a critical marketing piece yeah i didn't the- learn it from them i'll tell you that right now that's i can promise you that um brought to i uh, by outback uh brought to you by nope don't even <laughs> think about it um i have a uh i have a burger tip for you because mm, I, I i typically like to keep it fairly healthy very rarely do i do burgers with 80 or 85 percent. i just it's just not really just, yeah i mean i know i mean don't get me wrong i do enjoy a big fat juicy burger from time to time but Generally speaking, we like to use 90, 96, 93, 96. Um, and so the, the first thing is like, well, doesn't that get dry? Doesn't it fall apart? Uh, well, you can One way to offset that is by using olive oil. And then the yeah. next argument is, well, then you're just putting all the fat back in. Like, well, no, I'm not. Because A, I'm not putting nearly as much fat back in. And B, uh, it, that fat in olive oil, I think, tastes better. And C... Um, that's better fat for you than the fat that's in 85%. So it's win, 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 win. Um, but I've recently discovered a new way to bring the fat back in to 93 or 96% for burgers, and that is get out your little food processor and throw yourself uh, maybe a, I don't know, maybe one little chunk of, uh, like I'll, bit, I'll get like the big wedge of bacon and I'll just chop the end off, throw it, the pure, throw it in the puree, mix it in with the burger, and oh man, yeah. that brings your fat back. And yes, it's just as bad as probably the eighty-five percent. But it's again, it's still not as much. And if it is going to be as bad as the eighty-five percent, at least it tastes better. At because, least it tastes like bacon. Oh, I love dude. that idea. Yeah, it, I, it actually worked out uh, really well. Yeah, it worked out really well. I also just uh, a little off subject, but it still works with grilling. I also just um, God, I could actually. I, I feel a little strange doing this, but I could actually offer up a recipe at drinkfromthecarton.com because I uh, found a recipe, tweaked it to my liking, and they made a raspberry barbecue sauce a couple weekends ago that was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, please share that with the people. That sounds delicious. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so when I do burgers, I tend to make them sort of meatball style. So right now what I'm doing is I'm using uh, in with the meat. I will put in, drop in an egg, mix it all in there. Yep, I'll And do that. some sort of a... Uh, because that'll that'll loosen it up, so you want some kind of a binder. So I do like a panko breadcrumb, or applesauce, or something like that, and it keeps it moist as well. That's it's about the only time you're gonna hear me use the word moist, right? Uh, moist. Uh, when when I don't want to punch something afterward, but uh, yeah. So that's but the other thing. Are you have you tried uh, buffalo? Buff buffalo like just burger, well or steak. Either way. Um, not much. We did bison burgers. Um, same, same thing. Yeah, I didn't really care for it. See now, so super lean, bison, but it's yeah, no, it's it's actually leaner than um some chicken. 
Wow, I didn't know and that. And it's got less cholesterol than some fish. Wow. So it's basically like eating water, nutrition, but also delicious and oh, meaty. Well, boatloads of protein. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm a huge, huge – see, I lived in Colorado for four years. I'm a, I'm a giant Buffalo fan, huge buyer of Buffalo. Um, when did you live in Colorado? Uh, right after I, I graduated from college, I lived there for four years. Uh, I don't know when that is. Screw on time. So that was the uh, late 90s <laughs> to 01. Wow. We were in Colorado at the same time. I lived in no. Vail at ni- in 98. No way. Yep. I lived. I moved to Vail in 98, left in 99, went back in 01 or 02. Yeah. Man, I'm sure I, I'm sure I, I walked past you on the streets of Vail Village. We did you did we eat calzones together at Cabo or at uh what was the name of the place? Uh Ah oh, Crap. What's the place called? The best pizza in the whole world. Um Pazos. Pazos, Pazos. You not remember Pazos Pizzeria? It was uh it was no. over in a- it was in Avon. Uh yeah. over by yeah. the base of Beaver Creek. And yeah. they had the greatest calzones in the history of mankind. First of all, you know, I was much younger when I was there, so I didn't have to worry as much, but they were the size of your head, and they were phenomenal. Uh, I love a good calzone. Um, yeah, I ha- the problem is I haven't found a good one since then, because that's then. the best one I've ever had. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. Anyway, hey, Colorado's so. fun. We should talk Colorado sometime, too. I'm a big fan of Colorado in general. Right. Other than their hockey team. Well. <laughs> throw, yeah. that, throw that in the filing cabinet, would you? All right, done. All right, I'm right, done right now, Colorado. Uh, also make a make a note of moist. Uh, yeah, all right, yeah. <clears throat> um, fantastic. So, so grilling, uh, yeah. grilling. Anything Take else? It. That uh, that uh, anything else you want to talk about? With grilling? No, I'm I'm good there. I'm good there. Yeah, we just agree. It's a good thing, and uh, don't forget we have teeth. So you, it's it's you you should eat meat. Eat the meat. My uh, my uncle who was a farmer once said that um, anytime the cows want to get smarter and run the farm, that's <laughs> fine. Up until then. I mean, seriously, you know what? I, again, I don't, I don't want to get into a big political debate either, and I don't want to raise anybody's temperature too high, but name another purpose for a cow. Yes, exactly. Seriously. Have you ever seen a wild cow? Have no. you ever seen a cow that can do anything except graze and eat grass? And I, feed I mean, me. that's that they're not smart enough to do anything else. And do I get sad when I see a truckload of cows going by on the freeway? Yeah, I do, because they're living things and I feel bad. But. Then they get into my stomach, and it's all good. <laughs> I don't like to. I don't like to think about the the processing part of it. I don't like to think about them dying and screaming and being in pain. That part, I don't. That that I completely agree with. I don't want to think about that. Um, but I, I. But I. I have teeth, and I like meat. So, I'm with you. Um, all right, grilling. Grilling is done. Should we? Uh, should we old folks home winery, or should we move on to uh, to my experience of uh, earlier this week? Uh, let's do your experience and then we'll do old folks. Uh, okay. So you wanted to discuss where the best place to watch a concert is. Yeah. Right. But I also wanted to get your thoughts on air or whatever this is, not on air on digital, whatever. Yeah. Don't talk uh, like that. That sounds silly. About, um, it just sounds silly. about, uh, your, uh, your concert experience of this week, which I saw on the internet a little bit via Twitter, et cetera, yeah, the but, I, but I wanted to, to break, get you to break that down for me more in detail. Now, uh, so you obviously were one of the early champions of the band Imagine Dragons, correct? I, I was. Well, cause I, you know, we haven't really talked about what, what we do all that much. Uh, I've, uh, since 1996 worked in radio. Um, I've worked at various music formats. I've worked uh, at the quote-unquote alternative format. I've worked at the quote-unquote active rock format. I've worked at the quote-unquote triple A format, which is like adult alternative. Uh, I now work in the hot AC world, which is, uh, you know, uh, Taylor Swift and uh, Maroon 5 and things of that nature. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I caught wind of, I was lucky enough to catch wind of Imagine Dragons early on, like in uh, late 2011. Uh, and they were around for quite a few years before that. So people, if anybody in Las Vegas were to hear this, would be like, that's not early on, dude. I heard on long before that. But as far as the the U.S. goes, the world goes, uh, I heard on I heard about them, you know, fairly early on. And uh, from the first beat of its time, I was like in. You know what I mean? Um, so that was uh, that was uh, yeah. So I, I I would I would babble about them to anybody who would listen. Um, for all of eternity, pretty much when it came to that. So yeah, it was. Uh, I've been a champion of that band, like you said, from the very beginning. 
Um, I just think that there's a, a uniqueness to them that we don't find in music these days, especially in popular music. Um, I think they've got, you know, it's, it, it's, they are one of those bands, that the quintessential, um, can you describe Imagine Dragons to me, please? And the answer is, um, they, they sound like Imagine Dragons. You know what I mean? Right, like it, right, it's, it's, right. it, it's the, you can't really pigeonhole what they are exactly. And, uh, and they're all over the place. They've got a little bit of electronica. They've got a little, um, uh, I mean, there's, there's harmonies from time to time. There's, uh, just, you know, just big beats and, and guitars. Uh, there's acoustic stuff. It, it's, it's kind of all over the place. And, and the lyrical content is all over the place. Um, it's, it's hopeful at times. It's, very depressing at times. It's comforting at times. It's celebratory at times. I mean, it's just you can't really again. You can't put quite put a finger on uh, on what they do. And uh, yeah, so uh, I got to see them in early 2012 in a in a little baby uh, venue, um, yeah. maybe a hundred people or whatever, yeah. and uh, and just watch them ex- absolutely explode. If you think about this, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Twin Cities, but if you think about this, in a- April 21st, 2012. The Imagine Dragons played Triple Rock, um, what's it, Triple Rock Social Club, I think they call it, uh, Capacity 300, okay? okay? May of 2014, I don't remember the exact date, they sold out Excel Energy Center. Wow. That's, that's two huge. years. Yeah. Two years. Meteoric. I mean, that's insane. It doesn't yeah. happen like that, you know? Um, I mean, for some pop acts it does, but they're manufactured and, and right, you know, they're, right. they're, and I don't mean manufactured in the way that every cynical a hole says it on the face of the earth. I mean, manufactured in that they they come out of the gates with a base of fans um, because of the way they're marketed and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, to do it the old-fashioned way, the way the Imagine Dragons did is just it, it's mind-boggling. They played uh, Triple Rock, and then they played uh, our Basilica Block Party, which is a, a yep. summer festival that my radio station kind of half uh, part uh, partly throws. Um, and there were a few thousand in the audience there. They played the Varsity Theater here, which is a sellout of probably 1,500 to 2,000. They played that twice. Then they played Roy, Roy Wilkins Auditorium, which is attached to Excel Energy Center, which is where the Minnesota Wild play our hockey team. Right. Uh, that's probably 5,000-ish. Then they played Excel. And I don't, actually, the first time they played it in May of 2014, they didn't quite sell it out, but they had easily eight to 9,000 people. And then, nice. they just, then they just played it earlier this week. Uh, in, what was the date? June uh, 9th. Um, to over 13,000. So uh, just to have that kind of ascent is pretty amazing. So, so you were there on the, uh, this week. Yep, I was obviously. at the show. Yeah, it was the seventh time I've seen them. Seventh time. And yeah. <laughs> um, uh, did you get a chance to interact with them before and or after the show? Yeah, saw them for a bit before. Uh, you know, it, it was it was one of those things where uh, the lead singer, Dan Reynolds, and I, uh, we, we kind of bonded on marriage and kids um, because here we were two dudes from... I mean, we both kind of, you could say, very loosely, you could say we both work in the music industry. Um, mm. But outside of that, not much about us is similar. <laughs> we're pretty different dudes. But they were mar- he and his wife were married a month after Spencer and I, and uh, they had kids. Uh, they had a kid, their first child, a month before we did. So um, nice. So we had these crazy kind of parallels. Uh, they, you know, eventually got too busy, and we didn't talk and text as, as much Um uh, not because yeah. he's a jerk, but just because he's been insanely busy conquering the planet. Um, right. And so, uh, so yeah, uh, we we did, but we did see him for a little bit before, and it was always always good. It's always genuine. It's always sweet and kind when it comes to that dude. And uh, so, yeah, it was good. Um, but uh, but what happened during the show, I I didn't see coming at all. It so was, what was uh, so take us through that. Okay, so uh, well, actually, I can just play you this because so we're watching. Um, I actually got a glimpse of the set list, or at least what I thought would be a set list. So I kind of knew the songs that were coming, and they played. They came out of the gates with two brand new songs, and then they were playing. Uh, the third song was "It's Time," which is the first song I ever heard, right. um, and uh, it was. And it's still probably my favorite. Uh, I think we all know it. You know, it's time to begin, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I get yeah. a little bit bigger than that. And uh, and and so he said a couple of things on stage. He's going into the song. He's talking about how the Twin Cities were a place that supported his band um, before. Um, you know, before everybody else, and he's really grateful. And then he went on to say this. In fact, I must say there's a DJ here by the name of Paul Fletcher that believed in this band for a long time ago. And uh, we want to say thank you, Paul, for believing in us. I want to say thank you so much to Minnesota for being one of the first places to ever play us on radio. Uh, I can't tell you how much that means to us. 
so much. <laughs> so Man. yeah, there. Wow. So there's that. That was uh, that, that was pretty sick. insane. Yeah, that was that was pretty insane. That's never happened to me before. And I mean, that's you know a crowd of uh, you know thirteen thousand people. That was that was pretty because you know I mean bands do the whole thing. Oh my God, you're the best crowd of the tour. Ah! Yeah, right, right, right. That was right. that wasn't that, that was that was organic. Yeah, that yeah. was completely organic. And I know for a fact he means it because Minneapolis, the Twin Cities, have been very good to the band. And so you know it was uh, yeah. But to single me out, I was that was just insane. That's insane. I never and- saw that coming. You know what else though? He 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 mentioned your name, and there are a lot of cheers, man. Yeah, that was that was nuts too. I, I think they were just. I think people mostly were. Just, I I I know for a fact that there's no way that you know everybody in that room knew who I was, and you know, and so I don't even know what percentage in there would know who I was. So I think they were more just cheering at the fact that he singled somebody out here in in our local market, and they thought that was cool. You know what I mean? Oh, I think well, that's more yeah, than. I mean, you're, uh, yeah, but I would expect you to say that because you're humble. Nice guy, but no, but I think that's true. I think that's, I think they were just kind of like, dude, he just singled out one of us. That's fantastic. And they're like, yeah, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, the so fact, what's, uh, what's their audience look like as far as demographics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything, Everything. you know, I mean, you don't get to the, the level they are and not be insanely diverse. I mean, I saw everything at the show, I saw yeah. parents and kids, I saw drunk girls, I saw. You know, Drunk dudes. Uh, uh, yeah, I was just gonna say like you know, total uh, 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 frat boys. Um, I saw hipster indie nerd musician types. Uh, I saw everything. You know what I mean? I saw I saw parents. I saw you know I saw a couple of uh, middle agers. You know, out on a date. You know that kind of thing. So they they get about everybody. They cut across. So, now yeah. they've got. I was just looking on uh, looking them up a little bit, and they've got a little Berkeley School of Music credit. Looks like yeah. Well, the three guys in the band uh, that play the instruments, um, they're all. Berkeley Music uh, College, Berkeley School of Music, Col- College, College of Music. Music. Yeah, um, they're all grads from there. And then Dan, the singer, is kind of just more the uh, the eccentric um, artiste, uh, you know, type. Um, nice. The, you know, so that I think that they they blend well because they <clears throat> he's got his instincts, which are you know um, um, truly unique. I guess I don't know what else to say about that. He I, I don't know how else to describe it. He's got his instincts. Which are um, which are give them kind of I think some of the uniqueness, but then you've got three guys who truly know how to construct a song. You know what nice. I mean? Like they, they don't, <laughs> they're not. It's not. And there's plenty of bands that didn't go to Berkeley that uh, that know how to construct a song. But um, right. but I mean, I'm I'm saying they know, not not like opinion. They know fact how to construct a song properly. So right. uh, so now if you can take that and maybe bend those rules a little bit, you know, you're gonna come up with you know. A unique sound and a unique style and arrangements and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. So if you if you get a chance to see this band live, uh, I don't want to go on and on about it anymore, specifically about my experience. But if you get a chance to see this band live, I'm telling you, they are simply one of. There's a reason that they went from a club of 300 to selling out Excel Energy Center in less than three years. There's a reason that that happened. It's not just you know, it's not Miley Cyrus or Taylor Swift. Well, Taylor actually did it the right way too. It's not, you know, it's not manufactured pop where they, they, they earned it. They worked their asses off playing probably 150 to 200 plus gigs every year um, mm-hmm. to get to this point. You know what I mean? So um, they're phenomenal at it. There's a reason that people are going out and they're selling out arenas now. The, the music fits. Um, the band is fantastic. They're incredibly good. Uh, at at performance and uh, and the, the lights and everything is just unbelievable. So uh, yeah, it's it's definitely worth definitely worth seeing uh, on this tour for sure. It's the it's the best tour I've seen yet. And when I say that, I'm not just like oh, it's the latest and the greatest, so I must love it. It no, they the first time I saw them was my favorite time. Um, their their shows at like the mid level theaters, the varsity theater, which is like 1500. Those were my other favorites. Uh, the last two times I saw them, I was not impressed. It was the same set list for the most part, which isn't their fault. Um, but it was just like you know, here they were rapidly ascending. They didn't have time to sit back and 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 plan out, choreograph and plan out, script out a proper show and build a stage and all that kind of stuff. They just kind of made their theater show bigger, and then they took their auditorium show and made it bigger for an arena. And it just, I mean, I wasn't that impressed. And this time they got a chance to go in, craft new material, build a show around that, and absolutely blew my mind. That's awesome. So there you go. And also, I'm dying to find out. I'm One of these days, I'm going to find out what Imagine Dragons means because they told me early on that Imagine Dragons isn't actually the name of the band. 
Really? Yeah, that's not what they wanted the name of the band to be. Uh, really? That, that Imagine Dragons is actually what's it called? Is it? It's not an acronym. What's it called when the the words that the letters that make up Imagine Dragons make up the oh. real the, make up the real name for the band, but it's just in a different order. It's a uh, it's. What's that called? Yeah. If you re yeah, no, if you could rearrange the letters in a different way, I know. Uh, so I actually took to the interwebs and was trying to figure out like what their name might be. And there's actually a a, a site you can use that will rearrange all the letters for to make different words. Anagram. Is it's that what it's anagram. called? It is. Yeah. So anyway, um, did That's you want? Awesome. We've been going on quite a bit about this. Do you want to discuss best seats in the house or not? Well, you want well. Y- well, okay, so because that's what that, that, your initial topic that you brought up was. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm also a purveyor and a connoisseur and a consumer of music, um, not professionally as are you, but uh, but you know, I mean, I spent a long time of my youth and young adulthood uh, wanting to be and trying to figure out how to be and working to be the next Stevie Wonder. Um, so, and then I was very lucky to have parents who supported my uh, my music interests. And so I saw eyesight. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of saw a lot of shows. And your so, eyesight. And 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 what? And your eyesight. And my eyesight, which so is that, also important. Yeah, that which ruined, is also important. That ruined your uh, ability to be Stevie. That's true. It also uh, <laughs> correct. That's correct. That wasn't that it's, mean, right? I was just kind no, of no, no. that was just silly. It's worth right? pointing out. Uh, the, also, uh, I'm not African American, although apparently based on the current news, you don't have to be anymore to be, but whatever, that's a whole different thing. So, um, <laughs> so when I go to a show where I actually like to sit is where I can see the crowd because what I, I so like for me, the ideal seat is sort of right up from the stage, but like perpendicular to the stage. So, uh, so I can see the band and see them working. Cause I like that. Uh, and then, but also see the crowd because to me, what I want to see is the impact that they have on the crowd because to me, that's what defines the show, right? So, the energy and sh- the atmosphere. Yeah. So, the show is how two hours where people can dance and sing and drink or not drink or whatever they want to do, but they don't have to worry about their bills or their job or their mother or whatever it is that otherwise would bother them. And I want to see them enraptured and just, and whatever the, whatever the format, whatever the style of music, it doesn't matter. As long as those people are having that time. Then to me that's a successful show. So that's the two things. I want to see the I want to be able to position so I can see the band working, and then I want to see the audience reacting to that. So that's where I like to sit. Where, where's what's your preferred preferred place to see a show? I largely agree. Um, having been to many, 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 many shows, I, I kind of feel like I'm sort of an expert. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know if there's such thing as being an expert on where you should sit. Everybody's different, but the being in the, the dead back is never great. Um, right. But sometimes if it's the scope of the show is massive, uh, I would not go to a show because of that. Um, if the show is massive, if you're going to a huge arena show with lots of lights and lots of stuff, it, it, as long as you're not in the very back row, that's not going to be the worst thing in the world. Um, if you're in in an arena show or a, a theater or like an auditorium, soundboard is always fantastic because that's, yeah. where, the, that's where the music is being mixed from. So yeah. that's going to give you theoretically your best sound experience. Um, but overall, uh, especially in an arena show, I uh, actually completely agree with you. You want to be either left or right stage, doesn't matter, uh, two sections off the stage so you can still see what's going on. And that's actually, um, I know, I'm going to go ahead and be that guy right now, but that's generally where record label tickets are. Oh, <laughs> so okay. that's where the free ones are for me. And so I've kind of gotten used to it. Um, but, uh, that, but I also um, have grown to prefer it. Um, it's kind of like... At Minnesota Wild Games, I'd always wanted to be down close until I was given yeah. the opportunity to sit in the press box. And now you can't be further from the ice than the press box, and I now I can't not be anywhere else. Um, but I also I, I agree with you. I wanna I wanna feel the energy of the show. Um, I, I don't ever I never will understand. I mean, I guess I understand it, but I'll never be the guy that stands in line for eight to 10 hours and ruins my entire day so that I can be leaning on the stage. Cause oh, yeah. you're, you're not yeah, going to yeah. hear shit. Yeah. And, um, sure. I mean, you know, I, I guess for like, for me, Pearl Jam is where the music world uh, sun rises and sets. Um, would I like to be that close to them? Some one time maybe. Yeah, sure. But, uh, but generally speaking as a rule, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I like, like I said, two sections off the stage, either left or right, like in the bowl, the lower bowl, that's where you want to be. That's where you're going to get good enough sound 
and then be able to see that response from the crowd and you're just going to kind of feel like you're enveloped in the whole thing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, no, I'm with you on that. That's, right. uh, that's, so that's our tip for, for concert going. Any shows, uh, real quick, any shows that you're particularly geeked about uh, for the rest of the summer? Um, well, I mean, there's a few that are worth pointing out, like nationally, just because you never know where somebody's listening. But I mean, uh, here specifically in the Twin Cities, we've got what I mentioned, uh, our, our radio station thing that we do, uh, the Basilica Block Party. It's on the grounds of the historic uh, Basilica St. Mary in downtown Minneapolis. It all goes to the, uh, all the proceeds from said show go to the restoration of said Basilica St. Mary. Um, we've got Weezer, we've got Nate Roos from Fun, who will be doing fun songs uh, for those that like the indie world. We've got Wilco, which is, uh, yeah. know, if not the prince of, of indie rock, maybe they're getting closer to being the kings. Um, then you've got uh, a bunch of new bands that are fantastic, like Echo Smith uh, and uh, Rachel Platten, Fight Song, she's fantastic. Uh, Fits in the Tantrums are electrifying, generally speaking, uh, live. And then you've got some really good like kind of singer songwritery jammy type of bands like OER, uh, Matt yeah. Carney, uh, and we got one that's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be bored or if I'm going to be really interested, but uh, Matthew Sweet, remember yeah. him from the from the yeah. '90s? Girlfriend, yeah. I'm sick of myself when I look at you. Uh, yeah, he's going to be there, which should be really cool. I've heard he's still really great live. So, uh, and there are a bunch of others, but yeah, that's uh, those are the that's at our thing, uh, July 10th and 11th. But um, generally speaking, these tours should hit just about everywhere. Uh, Taylor Swift is is she's a consummate pro. She's as yeah. pro as it gets. Her new yeah. album is legitimately good, uh, and uh, she's actually doing three back-to-back-to-back sold-out dates here at the Excel Energy Center, which is wow. just insane. So that, I mean, put that in perspective as far as Imagine Dragons go. I and mean, we just talked about them, made them sound like oh. they're the biggest band yeah. in the world, and she's playing back-to-back-to-back sold-out <laughs> dates. Uh, Dave Matthews Band, which I have zero interest in, but that uh, that's one tour that's out there that might be worth seeing if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, Madonna is coming here October 8th, and... Part of me doesn't want to go and be bored out of my mind, but part of me is really curious because I've never seen her. I've seen her. Um, and um, probably the one that I will kick myself for um, for the next, well, for, probably for the rest of my life, because who knows if I'll ever get a chance again. Uh, I completely missed out on the Rolling Stones last week, and I've never seen them. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of having, uh, having Stones regret, if you will. Now, let me ask, okay, so I said this was the last thing. Uh, I only have a couple that are coming near me that are I'm interested in, and that's... Um, I'm going to see James Taylor in a little bit. Um, I'm going to see Mo, George Clinton, P-Funk All-Stars, or excuse me, P-Funk. Uh, I might go see Santana, and I'm going to go see Steve Gadd, I think. So those are my my concerts for the summer. But uh, I have, okay, so as, a, as again, as a music, big music fan, there are people out there who I feel sort of obligated to see as collecting, having so I can have been to a concert by. And that includes like a Ringo Starr, Paul McCartney kind of thing, because I think that, as long as you can, you should be able to see that you've seen a or more than one beetle. Right. Um, Stone's definitely in there. Um, and, and then and then there's people that, you know, the, the other major, major, major sort of 60s bands that are all getting a little long in the tooth. Um, but I will say that I would, I would want to see the Stones, and I would probably have regret if they were that close to me and I didn't see them. Like you're talking about, my but it, mom it's went a, a, and obligation. I didn't. It's not. I don't even know that I would think it would be a great show. It was just because I think, God, you got to be able to see this. Say you saw the Stones. No, I think it was a great show. I think that they can still do it. Like they're one of the few that are that old and can still do it. Everything that I heard, uh, every account I heard was they were phenomenal, and that Mick still looks like he is a kid, and yeah. somehow at seventy two de- seventy two degrees, seventy two years old. Um, he still absolutely is, is fantastic and a, just an unbelievable performer. So, um, no, so both, uh, both for the historic value and, uh, just the outright show value, I am, uh, completely regretting that. Um, one other sixties band that you had mentioned, uh, that is long in the tooth, but can still do it. Um, but I have to, you have to differentiate which one you go see. Um, absolutely positively, if you get an opportunity, go see Brian Wilson and friends from the Beach Boys. Oh, yeah. um, don't go see, I mean, you could go see the Beach Boys. That's Mike yeah, Love. Yeah, Mike Love. Mike Love's yeah. hijacked the name that he really shouldn't. Um, but but Brian Wilson grabs Al Jardine and David Marks, who was in the Beach Boys off and on a little bit here and there. Um, <clears throat> but he was one of the original members, I guess. Um, they, uh, they, they're fantastic. Uh, and Brian, yeah. Is Brian a... a, a a box of mashed potatoes at this point in, up, up in his brain. Yeah. Because, and we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. It's actually going to be part of my final thought. 
Um, but he can still do it. He's still better than most, even though he's older and uh, and 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 his brain is kind of mush. He's still really amazing. So anyway, that's uh, awesome. I think we should wrap this one up. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's Fork, wrap up music. Fork is in it. Um, now I think we need to get to everybody's favorite game in the whole wide world. I agree. Okay, one hundred percent. All right, well, we need to get an open. At some point, we'll get an open. Um, we don't have an open right now, but we will eventually get an open. And uh, this game that we are talking about is uh, something we like to call winery or old folks home. You, uh, what we do is we pose to each other um, a uh, a winery. Uh, well, it's actually we oppose a an establishment, and um, we have to guess if it's a winery or an old folks home. The all time stats are now officially tied. After last uh, last episode, you had a huge. Huge yeah. showing, and I did not do as well. Uh, so we are both seven for ten all time. Uh, our only guest thus far on the podcast, Ben Lieber, was uh, four for eight. So not bad on his part uh, either, especially being brand new. Would you like to um, give or receive? Why don't you give first, and then that way I'll score second, Ooh. and then I can do the uh, the the, uh, the spotlight. spotlight. All right. Uh, we also like to spotlight an establishment at the end. For the no reason whatsoever. Um, also, you said I would. Uh, why don't you give first, and I will follow that by saying that's what she said. Uh, all right, <clears throat> you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? I'm 100 percent sure. Okie dokie. Um, in gorgeous, actually, it doesn't say where it is. That's fantastic. It's in Minnesota. Just doesn't say where. It's Park Lawn Park Lawn Avenue, but they don't say where in Minnesota. Uh, this is York Gardens. Oh, Jesus. York Gardens. York. Uh, do you want me to York do you want me to say my answer now or do you want me to no, wait till you, you hold on to it? You know how we do this. Uh right. hold on to your answer. York, York Gardens. Gardens. Yep. Uh number two, we uh in Minnesota as well. Uh we have Karen Delet, or is it Karen Delay Village? C A R O N D E L E T. So it's either maybe it's Karen Caron Delay. Village? Yeah, that's some yeah, that's some fake French crap right there. Yes, Carondelet. I think it's Carondelet. Carondelet? Okay, yeah, that's where I was going next. Uh Carondelet. I like that way. Carondelet <laughs> Village. <laughs> Carondelet. I like I think that's probably right right there. Uh Carondelet uh, Village is uh, number 2. And last but certainly not least, Whispering Oaks. Again in Minnesota. I'm not going to say I you know, I think we should stop saying where exactly. Mostly for you because you know Minnesota, and if I say like, "Oh, that place is in St. Paul," or if I say that's way up north, then that might kind of give it away a little bit, you know? Okay, that's fine. Um, that's so, fine. but the, uh, these are all in Minnesota. Whispering Oaks is our final one. Okay, all right. Uh, are you ready? Um, I am actually. Fire mine are from, ready. Mine are, mine are from Connecticut this time. All three of them. Connecticut, like it. Connecticut. Connect. I cut. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. You ready? Mm-hmm. Number one is Meadow Brook. Meadowbrook. Have you not used this one? No, not this not this particular one. We mm-hmm. might have done a Meadowbrook in the past, but it was in New York if it was from me, and it was in some other place, not Connecticut, if it was from you. Okay, Connecticut. Um, Meadowbrook. Meadowbrook. Okay. Number two. Mm-hmm. Meadow Ridge. <laughs> was this Meadow-themed? Uh, well, Meadow no. Soprano. Uh, Meadow Ridge. To? Meadow Ridge. Okay. Meadow Ridge. Number three. Sunset Meadow. Sunset Meadow. You got, did you purposely get all meadows? Yes, I did. What a jack wagon. Uh, Sunset Meadow. Sunset Meadow. Sunset Meadow. All right. <laughs> all right. I've got them. All right. Uh, I'm now, fine. I, all right. I will, uh, I will tell you the correct answers. Uh, you will tell me your guesses, and uh, we will go from there. Uh, right. Okay. So we started with, what do we start with? York Gardens? York Gardens. Uh, what do you I, think that is? I went old folks home. Welcome to York Gardens in the heart of Edina, Minnesota. You're absolutely right. That is definitely the best senior living value in Edina. So you got that one correct. Ding. I need a ding. I keep forgetting about dings. We do need a ding, a bell of some kind. We need a ding or like two glasses being cheers. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Ching. Like that. Yeah. Uh, Or we need like uh, for old folks home, we talked about using the sound bites from. uh, uh, Cocoon. I've fallen, but I can't get up. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, second, we had uh, Carondelet Village. Carondelet. Carondelet uh, Village. See, I'm also going old folks home on this one, and if I'm right, I'll tell you why. 
How the right. hell did you get that? I thought for sure I was going to fake you with that one. That was in St. Paul, Minnesota. Why would you know that? The village part. I hear village and I'm I so you, now you're going to look for ones that are villages that are that are wineries. But well, you goddamn right I am. Yeah, well that's why. God. Delay. I thought for sure that would make you think winery. Well, it's Frenchy, so yes, except the yeah. God. And Whispering Oaks in Melrose, Minnesota. Yeah, winery? Yeah, it is. You went three for three. That makes me mad. I don't like it. Three for three. That angers me. Oh. Ah, that's unbelievable. And I am Nick not confident at all in my choices. So, uh, all right, you ready? This could be ugly. Yeah, this could get ugly quickly. Meadowbrook. Old folks home. Is a old folks home. Terrific. Boom. Congratulations. Thanks. Number two, Meadow Ridge. Winery. It is an old folks home. <sighs> and number three, and this will be our spotlight uh, property for the for the week or for the episode, but number three, Sunset Meadow. Winery. Winery is correct. Thank God. If I would have went one for three, I may have offed myself live here during the podcast. <laughs> and that's not good if that happens. Because <laughs> you don't know how to save the, the file <laughs> and upload it. <laughs> <laughs> been lost to the ravages of time, yes. <laughs> oh, God, I'm officially behind. Uh, are you ready uh, to uh, spotlight our... Uh... I am ready to spotlight. Okay, uh, let me get this. Hold on. Let me do that about right there. Let's get you right about there and um, begin. Hold on. There you go. Hold on. It's too loud. There you go. Sunset Meadow Vineyards is a family-owned and operated vineyard located atop the Litchfield Hills. Our vineyards overlook the picturesque sunsets and extravagant scenery of the beautiful western Connecticut highlands. At Sunset Meadow Vineyards, we pride ourselves on maintaining and operating the vineyards with tremendous precision and always with respect for the environment and natural resources. Using sustainable farming methods, our vines are hand pruned and harvested. That's what she said. The 32 acres of vineyards with over 13,000 vines are spread over 50 acres of sloping westerly exposed fields creating an ideal setting for prime sun exposure and constant airflow necessary for vine health sunset meadow vineyards wow uh i'm gonna say that your delivery seemed a little forced um (sighs) it wasn't as good as your first one but it was still solid still really good well you know it's okay fine no it was still really good all right, give me whatever. eight out of ten. Not, it just wasn't a ten out of ten read this time. That's all. You see, I think you're just bitter because now I'm ahead of you. I may be projecting a little bit, but ultimately, I still said it was good. It just okay, wasn't fine. as good as your last effort. That's all right. All. Well, listen, I I rely on your approval. I know you do. Oh, I know you do. It feeds me. Um. Okay, I have a question for you. Um. Please. Should we should we jump to our final thoughts at 47 minutes of podcast or, or are you dying to tell us about the Uber tournament? I think we could save the Uber tournament Let's for next time. Let's save it. Let's save it. Yeah. All right. So there's a tease, everybody. Uh, Uber tournament. It's not what you think it is. It doesn't have anything to do with catching a cab. All right. The Uber <laughs> tournament. Um, uh, do you have any final moist thoughts? Final. Thank you for that. Uh, that's going to that's gonna uh, bring up some Greshens. I'm telling you that. I know. Watch you hear Greshens. <laughs> uh final 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 moist thoughts for the week for me uh i would say that i i was pleasantly surprised that the minnesota twins were able to play so far above their heads for lo- as long as they did this season and frankly on the heels of the wild bowing out of the playoffs uh it, it really did soften the blow and um it was fun to see and I know now they're sort of back down to earth, but uh, it was fun nonetheless. Have you been consuming the Twins at all? I haven't. I'm sad to say because normally I do. I've even been wearing my hat to make sure people know that I'm still uh, have pledged my allegiance to the Twins. But um, but I haven't been to Target Field yet this year. I'm embarrassed to say, and I just haven't had a chance. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's been pretty. Uh, it's, it was pretty remarkable. I I kind of think that it's over, and I, I, like I would be impressed if they go 500 the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to play the clip they were playing. That was insane. It was, no, it was, that was yeah. impressive, though. Yeah. Okay, what's your final thought? Uh, a couple movies, actually. Uh, Entourage, which we don't need to dive into this one deep. We'll just, it, was, it was a fun joyride. If you've watched the HBO series, you'll dig it. If you haven't, I think you can still like it. 
Um, but uh, entourages we're seeing. Uh, and then also, I saw a movie that only grossed $2 million its opening weekend, but I had to see it in weekend one um, because I talked about how much I've loved Pearl Jam, but I also love, love, love the Beach Boys and have so much respect for Brian Wilson. Uh, the movie uh, Love and Mercy, which was co-written yeah. and directed by Bill Polad of yeah. The Twins. It's almost yeah. like we planned this, talking about The Whoa. Twins and Love and Mercy. Um, and love, love and Mercy is simply the best film I've seen in 2015 thus far. That is a, okay. That is a strong wow. Uh, it, it it I don't know if it'll have Oscar consideration or not, but it should. And I'm being all, I'm being 100% serious. I'm not just saying that from a personal angle. I really think it should have the way it's shot, the way it's edited, the way it's done, uh the way it's acted, the way it was written is phenomenal. They did a dual representation of Brian Wilson. Paul Dano played him younger. John Cusack played him in the 80s. Um it's poignant, it's authentic, it feels real. It's just so good and it shows it opens up for people that think that all those sunshiny car girl surfing songs uh, were the, the 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 result of just a happy-go-lucky lifestyle, it's so not that at all. Brian has had some serious struggles, and his life has been like being imprisoned largely because of the people around him. And this movie tells that story so perfectly. Um, my only gripe I have with the whole flick is John Cusack. He actually acts his ass off. He's fantastic. He nails Brian Wilson. Uh, and they had the reasons for for having him as the '80s Brian Wilson, but I didn't buy him as Brian Wilson. So that'd oh. be my only rib on it. But if you're not as close to the, I'm a bit, I'm not at all a Beach Boys expert, but I do find myself to be a little bit of a historian, um, and so that's maybe why I didn't buy it. But so if you're not as close to it as I am, then maybe it won't yeah. bother you at all. He's just really good. Huh. So you love did and say mercy. rib, which is way to, I I I like the way you brought it all back there. Right, not intentionally. Um, so should we tease? We've got some pretty cool guests that are going to be up. It's not just going to be us. We've got some pretty cool guests that are going to be on in the future. Uh, let's just tease a couple of them super fast. One of them is yours. Yeah, so I've got my buddy Andy, the FBI agent, is all set to come on the like show. Like a real, legit Jack Bauer legit. FBI agent. That's, I, yes, yes. Wow, that's uh, that's going to be really cool. Uh, a couple of my favorites I'm most looking forward to, Mark Parrish, um, who's as good a dude as there is. He likes to party, and he's the good dude. He used to play, he's a, a former captain of the Minnesota Wild, former all-star with the New York Islanders. Uh, Mike Kruger, bass player for Nickelback. Sure, they get there. I'm going to say it again, ribbing. Uh, but he's as good a dude as there is on the planet, and uh, we better have our caps on that day, our thinking caps, because dude is um, one of the most intelligent people I know. Uh, if he doesn't have a if he doesn't have a genius level IQ, it's close. Whoa. So yeah, he's no, he's incredibly intelligent. So be on your game that day. Uh, and we've got a bunch of others in the works as well. So, uh, well, I think the biggest thing we need to focus on, no matter what we do with the next one, is doing better next time. I I agree. We we can do better. Than this. We can always do better. Follow the Drink from the Carton podcast on Twitter at DrinkFTCarton. Subscribe on iTunes and get more at DrinkFromTheCarton.com.